Focus Football is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to Geico. It's Wednesday, December 13th. It's time for our Week 15 Rankings Preview Show. I'm Field Yates. He's Mike Clay. And you know, Mike, I don't know if you listened to yesterday's show, but it was my return after a couple of shows away. And I spent the beginning portion of the show thanking Daniel for all of his hard efforts Mm -hmm to be a great, great fill-in host on Sunday morning for Fantasy Football Now and continuing to carry the show as he does. And then I think he may have decided not to show up to work today. Yeah, do you think that added up? It was just too much for him? Like, he reached his quota? Like, well, I think it was like he was he was sort of like, yeah, you know, like kind of got it going on now. Who needs to show oh, up to right. work yeah, after I've been... Uh, oh, wait. Wow, guys. Oh, hey, here. there he is. Wow. There he is. There Thank he is. you for that. Appreciate it. Last I am second. here, in fact. Dude, you, that was... but. Let's let's Welcome. pull the curtain back here for that a second. Close. You got it. That was a very Matthew arrival. One hundred percent, absolutely. Right when the music channeled. started playing, the door opened. We were like, yeah, "Oh, there's Daniel. Here that, he is." We we had nice. been in touch with Daniel. We knew that he was arriving to the office. Um, but you know, it's sometimes you have crazy things. I sat at, and you guys let me know if this ever happens to you. I sat at a light today where I was making a left turn. So I was waiting for the green left turn arrow. Yeah. Okay. And somehow they managed to go through two full cycles <laughs> of every other light besides the green left turn. I just sat there for like four minutes. That happens, right? That's Am so I the only that, one? That's terrible. I think you were, di- you were thinking about like, uh, like, defensive tackle prospects in the seventh round and you missed the light. That's what it was. That could have been it. Hey, it's really great to see you guys today. We're running the uh, spread offense today, obviously going five wide with this one. Yeah. Very excited to be here again though. Yeah. Well, three wide. Well, I mean, five wide is a thing in football. If you've ever watched football, it's a, it's a way that remember. Okay. I got a reminder for those that are listening. Mike does not watch. He just uses the numbers and projects things. Box scores only. You guys claim they video the games. Like I've yet to see this proof. Like, I, I don't. I don't Mike know. is like I thought it was just a script, and like I'm they just, like, sure. just play it out, I, right? It's, it's yes. right in the stats. Like you could just see the stats to see what happened. I, I get it. I'll I mean, tell you what. If it is a script, I have got to take some issues up with whoever's writing it because we've had too many injuries happen uh, this year within yeah. the nice NFL script. Right there. Guys. Look at you. So let's dive in and talk about a couple of things. Yesterday we got word field that Justin Jefferson likely was going to be done. And then oh, towards oh, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Did I say Jefferson? <laughs> Justin that, that's Herbert. a reflex thing right that there. It's been a long time since we've seen Jefferson for a full game. Uh, Justin Herbert, we got the sense that he was going to be done for the year. And then halfway through the podcast, we found out that was, in fact, the case. He is going to be put on IR, which means Easton Stick is going to be leading these Chargers field. How do you feel about this Chargers offense with Easton Stick potentially under center? Not going to lie to you, Daniel. Not so great. Now, I want to start by saying this. This has been the year where I have been impressed with quarterbacks coming out of nowhere or coming from the bench and stepping up. That's fair. Jake Browning, Tommy mm-hmm. DeVito to a degree, yep. Joe Flacco coming out of not retirement, but out of free agency mm-hmm. off the couch and being really, really good. Um, there are a million different stats right now that people have pulled that Joe Flacco has accomplished as the Brown starting quarterback that Deshaun Watson has yet to accomplish as the oh Browns starting gosh. quarterback. That's neither here nor there right now. The point is that backup quarterbacks have shown me something throughout the year, but when you go from a, well, for fantasy purposes, top six quarterback to a player in Easton Stick that has never started the game. Yeah. You guys realize the Chargers have had four starting quarterbacks since 2006? Four. Wow. Philip yeah. Rivers, Drew Brees, Tyrod Taylor, and Justin Herbert. Impressive. That's it. Finito, no mas. Mm-hmm. So was, we have not seen anything really of Easton Stick other than preseason action. Literally which, one career pass attempt. Yep, one. So, it's been around like five years. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say with certainty what the passing offense is going to look like. Well, but you multiply that by a lot of other factors, Daniel, and that's why I'm even more concerned because do you want to just like give us the Keenan Allen update I right was now? Because it kind of all ties in, right? Yeah, so Keenan Allen does not practice, estimated practice, but does yeah. not practice for the second straight day with a heel injury, and they have a short week, Thursday night football. So we're looking at a very quick turnaround for an, a wide receiving core that is already about as thin as it has been all year long. Yeah, and yesterday, Brandon Staley, who I think is, if you sort of pay enough attention, pretty good about giving you the info about where a player's at, he did say, like with Josh Palmer, he's going to play on Thursday night. He's mm-hmm. not going to play a full complement of snaps, but you'll see him out there on the field. And when, when he was asked about Keenan Allen, he said, I just don't know. 
Yeah. And yeah. Keenan, of course, has missed multiple days of practice in recent weeks, but the tenor from the Chargers has been consistently like, yeah, we think we'll see him on Sunday. Feel pretty good about this one. So, oh, that was Daniel Oh, my Tyler. goodness. My he's, a, he's a mess. Yeah, I yeah. thought, a, I thought um, a fire alarm was going on. So here's where I'm at. And we'll talk <laughs> about this in greater depth tomorrow, obviously, because we'll have an official game status for Keenan Allen. Easton Stick does not eliminate Keenan Allen from my lineup if he's playing. No, nope, I, I called it the Jamar Chase theory that you provided in recent weeks. Yeah, and I'll add this. Uh, 24 pass attempts for Easton Stick when he filled in for Justin Herbert. Nine, yeah. so almost 40% went, went to, to Keenan Allen. Good went. sign. Nine targets on 24 pass attempts. That's a good sign. And part of that is because they're thin at wide receiver. Part of it is because like, when you're the you know deer in headlights quarterback mm-hmm. making your first meaningful action, you just find the best player on the field. In the case for the Chargers offense, and that's what we 13. want. You yeah, say that a lot of times with these backup quarterbacks. Like, all right, like even for the Chargers now, like, and and that's the reason why Allen might not play is it's over. You know, they're it's not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. But from a fantasy perspective, we're like, just get the ball in the hands of these guys. And he did that with nine targets. Too. Did, yeah. It wasn't just that. It was five to Eckler, four to Everett, and then the rest were were kind of scraps. But that's that's good sign. Like if we get that time, from yeah. a fantasy perspective, that keeps Allen as a lineup lock uh, and maybe puts Josh Palmer on the flex radar if Stick plays. Well, he did have 179 yards, so he wasn't just like it wasn't gross. Right, like he was at least getting the ball in the hands of these guys. So I would say that Palmer probably elevates to like. Oh man, it's gonna be hard for me to put him inside the top 30 because of the fact that like. I won't put him that high. Not, yeah, I mean, well, ju- when, when you mean when, if Allen's out, if Allen's out, yes, because yeah, Brandis Daly said he's not going to play like a full complement of snaps. Oh, so if he's out right, there for enough, yeah. 30 snaps, you're going to need the kind of efficiency that Keenan Allen got last week. Just hard for me to necessarily put all my faith in that in the first round mm-hmm. of the playoffs. So this is a pickle. Like I hope more than anything else that we just have clarity on Keenan Allen by the time the game Agreed. status report mm-hmm. is out. Now, obviously it's a Thursday game, so you have plenty of time to pivot if you need to from Keenan Allen. But man, I mean, we're at the point now in the playoffs where I guess it's sort of logical, right? But I was thinking about it like I simultaneously really need Keenan Allen this weekend. And I also simultaneously, like if I don't face him, my odds are boosted in in different Mm -hmm. leagues, right? It's like a lot of the players at the top of the heap are on a high percentage of playoff rosters. Yep. If Keenan Allen has got to be in the top 10 because of how great he has been relative to where he was drafted. This is monumental fantasy playoff news if he is unable to give it a go on Thursday. Yeah, by the way, uh, in in that sort of vein, uh, I know no one wants to hear about your fantasy leagues, but I've never had something like this happen to me before. We're just right there. You know, this this past week was the last regular season week. All yeah. my playoffs start this week. Justin Herbert on four playoff teams. Is that right? Yeah. Four playoff teams. Like, to have that happen right before That's the playoffs, brutal. that was a... That Herbert hurts. For you? That hurts a lot. It's going to... It's gonna, it's going to end up taking down some of my teams. I Here think. in the show one. league. In the show oh, league. That's right. uh, yeah. I had yeah. Justin Herbert and Josh mm. Dobbs as my backup quarterback. Oh, that's right. So yes. I went to waivers last night. I haven't even had a chance to look because I've been Who'd doing stuff this up? morning. Yeah. I tried to pick up both Jake Browning and Matt Stafford for the, the fantasy. Oh, that's nice. I got Will Levis in my family league. So that was one. Yikes. So in our dynasty there. league, I'm the one seed. I got to buy, thank God. But I had, you How know. are you so good in our dynasty league against a bunch of other experts? But in your family league, you right. have got Will Levis. Wait, well, I had Herbert. I've been riding him all year. I didn't need anyone else i use the bench for you know receivers can, and can i have for a thought and i bet i feel like backs. mike will probably end up countering this but daniel can be the person that splits the difference here maybe it feels like there's been more quarterback injuries than prior years and it's not that different but it feels like there's been a lot of quarterback injuries uh, i think there has yeah. okay so and, and last year we had all these quarterback struggles yep usually during the preseason we all advocate for like just drafting one quarterback you're fine even mm-hmm. if it's a josh allen or a jalen hurts who are so so good right top of the heap quarterbacks feel like this might be the turning of the tides because yeah. I I uh, lost Justin Herbert in a league with my buddies locally mm-hmm. here in Connecticut, and I happen to have Kyler Murray. So I feel fine, but that, like... I had a Burrow-Kyler situation, yeah, so I hear you. Yeah. It's fine, but like, you know, it's, it's a downgrade still. And But I, I was looking at who, if I didn't have Kyler, who I would have been mm-hmm. turning to. And I just think that even if we, the people that sort of are doing this for a living, say only draft one quarterback, I think most managers are going to be prone to drafting a second quarterback because of the possibility of being stuck in the mud with a, you know, a lesser opportunity, whether it's a Will Levis, whether it's a, you know, Tommy DeVito or something like that in week 15 of the playoffs that I feel stronger about sooner in the year next year, 
padding my quarterback depth than I have in prior years. Yeah, I think it depend, uh, depends on the depth of your league, too. Like, for for example, my family league, there's no one really on waivers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I could have added Will Levis four weeks ago, but it's, well, like, why would I keep him on my roster? There's sure. no real sense in doing that. So, uh, but if, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's another league, the one where I had... Um, Burrow and Kyler and most in that league, most people just had one quarterback. So there's a point where Dak Prescott, I actually picked him up to stream him. I think when Cincinnati had a buy yeah. and then dropped him, like he was just sitting on waivers because he was so bad yeah. to start, you know, the first five, six weeks of the season. So in that situation, if you want to keep two, two quarterbacks, you can do that. I did that obviously with Kyler. It just depends who's kind of available. If there's a guy that has some appeal, but don't force it. Like just don't hold like Gerald Everett and Will Levis on your bench for no reason. If there's like, you know, Chuba Hubbard or Zach Charbonnet or guys like that on waivers. So you just kind of pick your spots. But I I hear you. Um, The problem with that from a draft standpoint, though, is that when you're attacking quarterbacks that are kind of worthwhile, like Dak or Kirk Cousins or anyone like that or a breakout player, you know, the opportunity cost there is tough. I mean, you're talking like 10th round. You want to be going after like breakout receivers and running backs where you're starting two or three guys. Just funny because it was like I feel like uh, one of our like targets in the tenth round would just like insert Chiefs wide receiver here, uh, right? So it's like I, you know what I've been thinking a lot about Sky Moore lately and how it was just not uh, to where his ADP went and Jackson Smith and Jigba as well as another mm-hmm. example of that yeah George Pickens like those kind of guys they were going too high like the hype just got out of control totally. yeah uh, and we just have to be that we're 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 gonna talk about this after the season kind of lessons learned from the season yeah and that's kind of the the area where I'm gonna go this year I think that was my biggest takeaway so that's a topic for another day but uh, I'm with you yeah <laughs> that's a lot my biggest takeaway was I'm just gonna start following someone other than Mike's ranking so closely because I'm just yeah I didn't make enough playoff rosters. bought the lies bought yeah, the issue that's that. exactly what it is so what is that what are you saying now you don't do your own rankings you just copycat I'm just not going to rely on on yours as much as I did when it comes to draft season, Mike. That's all oh, that I'm saying. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That's like, weird because didn't you just say you were the two seed in the, in the I focus? I am. Like, yeah, I so faded weird. you in that one. I yeah, faded sure, you I'm in sure. that one. Ah. That, that's convenient. That that's was when I started to Mike? finally have my Christian Watson conviction and I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to stand on my laurels. Here. You know what? I don't know how I feel about the Watson call because he looked really good when he I was know. healthy. I so seriously, I don't know. No, he's, it's one of them. Like, I don't know where, I don't know who, where, where to fall on that. Like, what do you call that? Is it called an ink blot test where it's like you kind of see what you want to see oh i like that am i making rorschach test right the rorschach test yeah yeah well that's Um, the that's the thing you got to try to be objective you got to look at it and say like there was a point this year i was like well i was definitely wrong and then i saw him play healthy for a couple weeks and i'm like maybe i wasn't like i don't know is that like you can choose what you want to see like you can make the case hey if jordan love just played better sooner and christian watson stayed healthy which those two things might go hand in hand by the way he would have been a top 20 wide receiver. Yeah, I think it's I mean, he was playing like that those last couple of weeks, but it's just tricky with injuries. You know, you just you just don't know. So uh, it'll, we'll see. We'll see where we rank him next year. You yeah. know, and we'll see what you guys you're, what you guys took away from that. From what we saw from him next year. I'll yeah. tell you what, there's another player that I feel like we could see two different things based on the player you want to see. And I think that's Austin Eckler with the way that he's oh. played recently, guys. Mm. Mike. I, mean, I think you, I, you know a, what, Daniel, before, right before the show started, you missed this. We're actually going to cut this. We're going to cut the, the board back. I don't <laughs> know why we have to talk about Austin Eckler. We didn't talk about him last week. As long so as we no don't show the focus like again. So yeah. I wasn't yeah. here. Yeah. Help me recap this guys. Cause I was not here last week when we did this Austin right. Eckler board. Yeah. board what happened? So here? I was like, God, Austin Eckler, fantasy icon, great yes. podcaster, friend of Liz Loza. He should be like a top two running back this week. Right. Is that what you said, Mike? Is that what I said? That is, that is not what you said. Okay. But I assume, I assume you followed field and we're low on him because you're fading my rankings now, right? Yes. So you ranked him low. You benched him in your I, leagues. I, I, I hedged. I split the difference yeah. there. Okay, ah, that's well, weird. Okay, that's then. weird. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, big day. Big day from, I'll, I took that board bet. Uh, yeah, for those although, that, do, that, don't, that don't recall what we're talking about, we had a top 12 running sure back did. board bet for Austin Eckler, who finished his RB8 last week. You sure did. He had a, he had a nice week. I uh, felt a little bit fortunate. I mean, it was nice. You know, he got in the end yeah. zone. Keep, he chased the ball. He scored. Yeah. Uh, but we did, they did follow through with, Lightening his workload as a rusher, did, yeah. and it wasn't Josh Kelly. It was actually Isaiah Spiller know, who they so took classic. a long look at. Yeah. Uh, so not a lot. I mean, uh, Spiller like had six carries, carries yeah. and twelve snaps. Kelly three carries and seven snaps. Uh, but I actually have Eckler lower this week because a part of the why I liked him so much was the matchup. Right, you, you just have such a high floor against the Denver defense, and yeah. that's kind of what he delivered. Uh, the matchup won't be quite as easy in this one without Justin Herbert. We accept him to score less, uh, and obviously the Raiders have been. Not maybe not obviously, but seventh few is fantasy points to running back, so they've yeah. been decent. So I uh, have them lower in this one. Fewer carries, still a big passing game workload. No Herbert, uh, so I, I again knocked him down in the ranks. But yeah, came through for me last week. 
What Thank you, you, Austin Eckler. If never in doubt. If there's no Keenan Allen, I, I don't know how much higher up you can move Austin Eckler potentially, but if there is no Keenan Allen, is that going to affect the way that you're approaching Eckler this week? Yeah, I don't think a ton. I think maybe like gives him a little targets. bit of a bump because he should have more. Yeah, yeah. He should have more mm-hmm. passing game utilization. But how much of that is offset by the possibility of this offense just like not being super high functioning with mm-hmm. Easton Stick? So sure. I think he's comfortable. He's a, he's a comfortable starter this week. Mike's volume chasing worked out for him for once. <laughs> oh, yeah, the most model. of the time. Not every time, most of the time. Yeah, I, I caught time. that clip yesterday. Do you want to rebuttal? I heard the, the fighting uh, words from Stefania. Do you? Yeah. You want to rebuttal that one or no? Stefania said, take your model and stick it. Yeah, she did. Well, um, well, I haven't seen her. Uh, I haven't seen her projection model, so I don't know. Maybe we can compare them head to head and, and see what, and see how that goes. See, see yeah. how it goes. That, All right, I'll just leave fair. it there. Yeah. All right, uh, it yeah. works for me. I'll I'll chase it. I mean, yeah. it's never it's never going to be perfect. We're going to miss this. We're going to we're going to get talked to, about Zach Moss today. Is that on our docket? That, no. I don't I don't uh, think that's Zach on our docket today. The cut. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get we'll get to that maybe on Friday. But yeah, uh, yeah look, uh, the idea. In, in all seriousness, with like prognostication, especially in a high variance game like football, you go in knowing already I'm going to get stuff wrong. Like course, we, do, yeah. we do betting as well. Like you, you have to, you essentially have to bet knowing you're going to get some stuff wrong. If you're aiming for 100% accuracy, it's just not going to happen. Like you're course, just, you're going to make these wild bets and you're just going to lose all the time and it's not going to be profitable. So you just have to operate in a, a consistent way yeah. and have an efficient model, accept the L's when they happen ignore variance essentially or, or or welcome the variance accept it understand it uh process it and then uh you're going to come out on top most of the time that's the goal that's yeah. the goal we've talked Can't about how much time. we respect your projections and they're so that great didn't sound like it yesterday but no okay. no, no, no no that was the finest <laughs> thoughts that was independent of how daniel and i feel but i will say this it is amazing how much power is included with being the projection maker at oh espn my gosh. I was talking about this. So last week, obviously, as we covered on fantasy football now uh, in the war room league, uh, I had two paths to the playoffs winning plus Mm -hmm. Stefania losing to Jeff Darlington or someone else losing. And uh, Stefania ended up beating Jeff. But Jeff and I were going back and forth about his team during the week. And we were talking about projections. Mm -hmm. And he has a a son, Will, who Will's like six or seven now. And he was talking about how he's like, we were talking about the projections. And I was like, yeah, you know, like. There are some places where it's okay to go with your gut, even the projections tell you something. And he was like, dude, but I was, I was like, but I'm, I'm as, you know, as mindful of those projections as anybody. And he was like, my son and his kids spend all week talking about the projections in their fantasy league. He's like, we just sit there and just like, oh my God, like I'm going to lose by 25 points or oh my God, I'm going to win by 25 points. Like it's an amazing amount of influence that you have. One of these weeks, you should just toy with the projections and just like, hey, Christian McCaffrey, 2.7 points. Just project 2.7. I think the internet would explode if Mike did that. They would not be, be They would not be happy. Yeah. But I, the only thing I could say is, not not perfect. I'm a human, but I take them very seriously. Of course, they're you updated do. often. Uh, I st- like last night. I was up for two hours just tweaking defense IDP projections. Right. So it's the only thing I could say, like love them or hate them, they I take them seriously. I am a nerd, and I'm on top of it. I spend a lot of time of an tweaking them. Like even I'll be like, oh, the fullback has two targets the last two weeks. I'll add a, add a little. Cr- target projection frame like down to that point so oh, and, and there's been there's been like objective uh articles like elsewhere like people like people way smarter than me that have studied them and said like on average you basically have a five percent chance better of winning if you just follow those over no, no, over no. not people. those meaning projections meaning mike specifically no I'm, I'm listen we can spend the rest of the show doing this i have plenty oh, of yeah. ammo on mike but nobody <laughs> takes their craft more seriously than Mike and works harder at it. It's Mike's point. Like we're sitting there on fantasy football now and Shefty will tweet that like, uh, you know, some punter pulled his hamstring in, in, in pregame warmups. So Mike was like, Oh, well got to update the return yardage for Deontay right. Hardy, which mm-hmm. could impact the bills defense slash special teams. Sure. I'm like, okay, only Mike, Honestly, only Mike. Mike. So uh, nobody works harder at his craft than Mike that much. We it's all that can nerd. respect. I take it. No, nope, yep. not I a nerd. Not a, you're a determined man. I love determined. it. Determined. It's fun. Also, fun. I, and job. the only thing that I will say to quickly counter that is, Mike, counter. you said that you are. Well, you said you were like, I'm a human like everyone else. I think I still think you're part human. I'm not convinced that you don't have nah. a little bit of AI or There's some kind of machine. Be, you. What's it be. called? Grok or something like that? The new thing on Twitter? Yeah, I, I, that's... I thought it was Gronk at first, but it's, I think it's Gronk <laughs> instead. I thought this Gronk, I'll take some I thought, Gronk. I thought Gronk was like I wish a post-career move. Just like, yeah, I'm going to go into AI. I think everybody <laughs> wishes they were Mike and Gronk. Gronk are pretty similar, come to think We're of it. We're basically the same. Yeah. I mean, All I right. can't. 
pick out the differences. Let's anyway, should we talk into, about other stuff? Yeah, right, yeah, let's yeah, talk about some rookies. Let's rip through some names. We here. got a handful of running backs. I got a wide receiver I want to talk about as well, but we got a couple people we want to bring to the table to talk about for week 15. Yep. Let's start with James Conner. This was my nomination, so I'll take this one, Daniel. I'm curious just how much confidence we should have in James mm-hmm. Conner because the last time that we saw Conner, he had his best game of the season, found the end zone, had over 100 rushing yards, was a zero in the passing game, though. Mm-hmm. Now, plays the 49ers. Uh, the, the Cardinals have relied a decent amount on Michael Carter in the passing game out of the backfield claimed off of waivers from the Jets probably about a month or so ago at this point now they put the San Francisco 49ers who I just mentioned and uh, as Mike has told us this defense uh, in the passing game more specifically like they are very good but they may not necessarily be as efficient because they are just so often bludgeoning teams and mm-hmm. you're worried about the possibility of Arizona being down by 14 points in a hurry and then all of a sudden it's more Michael Carter than James Conner. I settled in as RB26 in my ranking for James Conner, so like more like a flex consideration than a lock him into your lineup running back. To either of you, Mike, do you saw start with you? Do you see it differently on James Conner? I do not. I look the last time we saw him a couple weeks ago, big rushing day, 25 carries over 100 yards and two touchdowns, two targets, zero, zero. catches. Let yeah. me ask you guys a question. So Conner's played what, like 70 games this year? Sounds about roughly. Right, yeah. How many receiving uh, yards does he have this season? Don't cheat, Daniel. Well, I was looking at how many Ooh. games he's played. He's played nine oh, games this nine year. Nine games. Don't I'm going to go with nine games. I'm going to go with 227 yards. I'll receiving say, yards. Receiving yards. I'll say 175. I did not look at receiving. 36. That's not the James Conner that 36? we 36? 36 receiving yards. Can you believe that? He's Raheem Mostert. I was like, this is a mistake. touchdowns. Yeah. He is wow. 36 receiving yards this That's season. Wild. 20 targets. The, like, the volume certainly down uh, in that department. Uh but the efficiency atrocious 14 catches for 36 yards is terrible. Just basically a zero more so than we've ever seen from him in his career. He had the, oh, he had the big game man. last week I mentioned, uh, but five straight games under nine points before that. Yeah. So it has not been good. He is a flex option because of that rushing volume. That's it. I mean, it's, but he's, he's a risky play yeah. because if he doesn't deliver as a rusher to your point, He's not going to help you in the passing game, most likely. Yeah, brutal defense, too. Taking on the 49ers is always going to be tough in this yep. one, like you had mentioned earlier. So Now a top five run defense at San Francisco. No surprise with that defensive line. Who had yeah. Bijan? Was that you? I had Bijan Robinson. And part of this was, I just want to make sure I took a lot of shots at not only Bijan, but yeah. Arthur Smith. And I think rightfully so, to be honest, earlier yeah. in the season. But I want to make sure that everyone realizes that Bijan has been really, really good lately. Mm-hmm. When you look at what he has done, the last handful of weeks, hold on, I have my notes here that I'm pulling up. Last handful of weeks, over the last four weeks, he's RB7, averaging mm-hmm. 19.3 fantasy points per game, and he's still only running back 16 in touches over that time. He could still get more usage, right? That's a big part of this. He is easily outsnapping Tyler Algier, which I love, but a lot of times the touches are closer than what I want, in spite of the fact that Bijan is out there more often than Tyler is. So, All jokes aside, more than anything, a big part of this is this week and beyond for the fantasy playoffs, this week against Carolina, he's got some great matchups ahead of him here against Carolina. I have him as a top five running back. Mm -hmm. All things equal, all things jokes aside, and like I said, I just have taken a lot of shots at Bijan. I want to make sure that people realize how good he has been recently, given the increased volume. Yeah, just I, and I was just gonna just to be clear, you didn't take shots at Bijan. It was no, just, no, no, it was it was just, just the situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll just add, yeah, 19 and a half touches a game. I'll take that. Because a lot yeah. of it's in the passing game as well. Uh, and they are using Algier a little bit. And Cordell Patterson arguably has passed Algier on the depth chart. It's very close between those two. Uh, but yeah, right. He's been great. And Carolina, you know, terrific matchup. Third most fantasy points to running backs. And these teams played in week one. Uh, Bijan scored a touchdown at 83 yards in that game. So uh, yeah, I feel great about him. The the only thing that I would, so we all have Bijan as a top five play this week. It does feel like of the running backs that are in that same breath, let's call it running backs one through like six, seven or eight, Mm -hmm. somewhere in that range. The one that you feel least confident if the team has the ball inside the five yard line, that he is a guarantee to get an opportunity is still Bijan, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not a Bijan thing, even with the beefed up utilization of late, they do have other cards to play Two running backs. Mike just mentioned might throw the football. They've got a running Mm -hmm. quarterback. So that's the only reason why Bijan is not, I think spoken about, with the same confidence level that guys who are now back in that top five, whether it's players like Alvin Kamara and Tony Pollard, obviously Christian McCaffrey in a different sort of stratosphere than every other running back this season. That's the only reason why we're not talking about Bijan in quite that same vein. Yeah, it feels yep. like his ceiling is like RB5, where yeah. those other guys have a ceiling of RB1. Yep. yep. But it's still good. I mean, you 
the thing is though, he's still going to finish like fifth through 12th. Like he's, you know, he's going to be in that range. Right. He's, he's just not going to be he's higher. Elliot. He won't be higher. <laughs> but he'll be like, yeah. It won't be. Yeah. Yeah. Not after uh, what we saw last Which week. We'll get, yeah, yeah. we'll get to him in a second. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. I just love that. He's getting more passing game usage and the fact Carolina, Indy and Chicago over the next three games. That's a, those are some great mm-hmm. matchups for Bijan. So I yep. uh, have him as a top five guy this week. Just want to make sure we give him some flowers with all the negative stuff I have said about yeah. the running back so far. Totally. All right. Let's talk about Zeke Elliott. You just mentioned him field. Who's got him. Okay. I've got Zeke actually. That was oh, me. Okay. Uh, my really? nomination. I have Zeke as a top eight running back play this week. Yeah. I could have had him higher. Uh, He's right in that mix. There's like a RB tier there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, let's just talk about like, and obviously I was not here on Friday. So I know you guys touched on Zeke mm-hmm. uh, and the performance from Thursday night, but just sort of reiterate here. So, Let's assume that Ramondre Stevenson is out this weekend, which mm-hmm. Shefty reported that's probably a multi-game absence for him. So we're one in, at least one more to go. Um, the Patriots offense, first of all, in the first half, function higher than it probably has since the first couple of weeks of the season. Sure has, yeah. Zeke's usage was off the charts, though. Played basically every snap. Mm-hmm. 91%. Yep. The backup running back to Zeke in that game has been cut since then. Ty Montgomery is now no longer with the Patriots, so Zeke should very well, could very well see 80, 85% of mm-hmm. the snaps. Maybe Jamichael Hasty or Kevin Harris gets a little bit of run, but I can't imagine it's particularly consequential. Moreover, he was a massive factor in the passing game, sure and it was a blend. It was designed opportunities from mm-hmm. the passing game plus the dump-offs. Seven for 72 and a touchdown. And Zeke, I think, became an easy target for a long time down the stretch in Dallas because he was attached to a quarterback to a contract that simply was a bad decision by the Cowboys. Zeke Elliott has been a totally rock solid player for this season. And on Sunday in a game that on paper, you think to yourself like, oh, Chiefs Patriots 35 to 10. Are you confident that the Chiefs offense playing against this Patriots defense Mm-mm. as frisky as it has been on the road yeah. will be up 35 to 10? I personally am not, which leads me to believe that Zeke could have very easily 20 opportunities and, and maybe 15, 20 fantasy points. And if they are down by two scores, it's he might be out there Zeke. catching passes yep. and dump out eight targets last week. So uh, I'm with you there. Also, I think the Chiefs run to like they've allowed the 14th fewest fantasy points to running back seems like a below average matchup. I'm not so sure. You look no. a little closer. Third most over expected allowed. Efficiency has been really poor. Th- second highest yards per carry allowed to running backs. Yep. And also, they've only faced one carry inside their five yard line, wow. which is just kind of a little bit fluky, fluky right? Yeah. Just teams having to run the ball down there. Teams do throw up against them a lot. So that kind of makes the numbers look much better than they perhaps are. So I'm with you. Big time volume. I could have ranked him as high as like fifth. Yeah. I'm with you, but there's just a range. I kind of lean to break ties sometimes. It's kind of a talent thing, you know, yep. lean toward. An ETN, for example, something like that, uh, but very much in that RB1 tier. He should be in lineups. I don't know this. I don't know that I've thought this through thoroughly enough to say with 100% certainty that it's correct. But I think if you're the Chiefs, part of your roster construction is leaning more on pass rushers and coverage players because you figure you're going to be playing a lot of games where you're up big and yeah. we're not going to be facing a bunch of 30 carry opportunity. You're not going to have a bunch of Derrick Henry type matchups. And so I wonder if their run defense is a bit more vulnerable because they've poured more assets into edge players and corners and guys of that nature. So maybe the Patriots, who, of course, continue to struggle throwing the ball, just say, we're going to try to run it 20 times a game with Mm -hmm. Zeke until Ramondre returns. And if that formula works, why change it? And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if Zeke gets the same opportunity next week, but the Broncos, the best matchup for any running back Mm -hmm. in all of fantasy. Yeah, hopefully Ramondre back next week, but we'll see. Not not for sure. Yeah. This may be a dumb question field, less a little less fantasy, but the, with the Patriots not making the playoffs, right? Yeah. Their team is looking ahead to next year. How much of their offense is Bill trying to figure out, like, what do I have in Bailey? What do I have in these skill guys around me? Like, is there any of that where once you get to this point in the season where you think that he would be like, yeah, we're going to rely on Zeke because he's the guy that can move the ball in our offense. But I still think I'm assuming he would still want to see what do we have going into next year, assuming he's going to be there. I think the the Patriots will play this thing out just because, you know, obviously there's uncertainty surrounding what's going to happen with the organization next year. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. they're not at the point where I think they get, let's just like, let's just go young and, you know, play for the pick, right? I think there's probably too much pride. And while some weeks it's harder to see than others, they're still like, they've got a lot of solid football players, right? Mm-hmm. What they lack is like a bunch of solid, outstanding players. A bunch of outstanding players. I guess solid outstanding is a bit redundant there. Um, 
I, I think they'll just continue to treat Keep it like being, they want to win games. Yeah. That's my, my yeah. sense. And, and I they think don't by have the much way, a young talent to turn to. By the way, they're looking at Zappy as like the two next year. Like right. he's, he's, not, he's yeah. not playing to be the starter unless it's a bridge for a few weeks, right? Because they're, yep. they're going to be in the quarterback so, market. If they're, they're not, will. it's a big mistake. Jaden Daniels, welcome to Foxborough. Totally yeah. agree with that. Part of the question based on the conversation that we had earlier is, is he the two? Do we think that he can be that's the guy I mean. coming yeah, that's what he's this. interviewing like, for, basically. Exactly. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, I mean, he's he's far from perfect, but uh, he was waived at one point this season. I Correct, wonder yeah. if teams sort of say to themselves, like, maybe we should have just rolled the dice there. Yeah. Don't you think what we saw mm-hmm. in the first half on Thursday night was better than what we've seen at times from quarterbacks around the NFL? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's I just, just think, like, my strategy, yeah. if I were a GM, would be to treat those second draft opportunities pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. A guy still on a rookie contract. Yeah, whatever. Why not? Because what's what's the harm if you, if you claim him and two weeks later he's you're like yeah he stinks just wave him again yeah yeah I, know yeah, I think we might see more of that now as teams are going to take that spot a little bit more seriously. All right, I got a running back I want to talk about as well. Monty, this one hurts. Yeah, David Ooh. Montgomery. Here's what's tough about why this. That one. Hurt? Well, part of the reason why I want to talk about Uh-oh. this, right? You look at David yeah. Montgomery to me. David Montgomery's running back eight on the season. Love he's it. A, he's a top 10 running back. He has been fantastic, right? But part of the problem for me in this one is the idea that when I look at David Montgomery, I just don't see a top 10 running back here in week 15 mm-hmm. against the Denver Broncos, yeah. right? So when you can't, you can just look at this player card and be like, wow, I got a top 10 running back that I'm yeah. throwing out there. Couple reasons why, okay? One of the reasons is the fact that this team, like the Denver Broncos, mm. we talked about how awful they have been against the run. That's not been them lately. Over the last five weeks, they've allowed the 12th fewest fantasy points to running backs. They've been a kind of a joke that we talk about how bad Denver is against the run. They've gotten a lot better recently. So not only is this defense quite a bit better than I think a lot of times we give it credit for, not you guys, but like when we talk about it, you know, we can easily take advantage of, of the Broncos run defense. The other thing is just Jameer Gibbs looks so good. He That's the key. Yeah. Easily easily outsnapped David Montgomery over the last three games, 120 to 78. I know that they are still neck and neck in touches, right? And David Montgomery is the guy that if you're going to have someone at the goal line, he's going to be that guy. But given what this defense is, given how much they are utilizing Jameer Gibbs with how much he has come on, there's so much juice in that kid. You can see it. Yeah. I have David Montgomery outside of my top. So I actually think I am as running back 20, which to me, when you have a guy that on the season is RB eight and I've got him outside the top 20 heading into my fantasy playoffs. It's like, but why, what's the reasons why? So more than anything, I just wanted to talk about why I have a guy that even though he is top 10 in the season, he's not a top 20 running back for me here in week 15. You know, what's so funny is I feel more optimistic in David Montgomery and I have him lower my ranks. Really? Yeah. Do you feel more optimistic than that? Mike? Oh, here, let me, let me give my reasons. Yeah, go is you are correct. I mean, obviously, it's it's a fact that he has played fewer than Jameer Gibbs over the past three games. I think with the Lions, I always evaluate it in this sense. What do I think the game is going to look like when they play on Saturday evening? I think it'll be a game that is more of a grinded-out opportunity for Detroit than a play from behind or play with this massive lead because Denver has been much, much stingier, especially against the pass since that Miami mm-hmm. game when they allowed 70 points. Um so I think it's going to be like, like, I think, and I texted this to our group chat uh, of Michigan men, of Lions fans, um, the day after their most recent game, 23-19 was my yep. forecast for this game on sa- Saturday night, right? Yep. Saturday, Saturday night. Um, Late game on Saturday night. So I think Monty, like, I think this could be a Monty game where he gets 15 mm-hmm. carries and three targets and finds the end zone. I'm okay with this one. I got him as RB22. Yeah, so um, what I looked at is since he's been back from injury. Yeah. What? Because we thought, is there going to be a change now? Is Jameer Gibbs now the lead back? And yeah. the answer is yes. He's basically the lead. Uh, he okay. has been. Montgomery has had between 11 and a half and 17.8 fantasy points in all five games since he's come back. So good floor. Really great. Not, a, not a super high ceiling. Yep. 12 to 19 touches in all five of those yep. games. All yep. good. Yep. Uh, and 14.9 fantasy points per game. So solid floor. Yep. Limited ceiling. Consistent volume. It's an RB2. He's a fringe RB2, yep. as far so, as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. And you're right. Denver's defense has been better against running backs, but I mean, compared to how they started, it, it, you know, it's easy to be better because they were so atrocious, but still averaging right. like, still allowing like five yards per carry to running backs, excluding the Miami game. So sure. uh, I would say uh, an above average matchup, but you're right. They've been better defense. Part of this, part of yeah. this for me too, is the idea that I have just in watching this Lions offense, 
they've been they've struggled the last handful of weeks. You can see Jared Goff and this entire Lions offense is not moving the ball. They are not as explosive as they have been earlier on in the season. So that's a part of that. This team really needs to find a way to be able to get back to the way they were playing football earlier in the season. So I'm that's a big part of it for me, knowing that it's in Denver. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, it's in Denver. Yeah. Ooh. Nice mm-hmm. time of the year to be in. No, Colorado. it's in Detroit, right? Oh no, you're right. Yeah, I lied. It's, it's, it's in Detroit. Detroit. That I'm, is on I'm me. looking at the schedule and I was like, "Hey, read this I thing wrong." It, it's yeah. in Dallas, but that's what is the D. Is the D got me? That's what. Yeah, it was. so it's in Detroit, and so weather's no factor here. Um, but I will say this: if you look at those last three games as well, they've had two in which they've been playing from behind, and then one that became a sneaky track meet against the Saints when they went up big, and the Saints started sort of bombs away back into that game. So. Yep. Maybe Monty has a firmer grip on the job in what I expect to be a closer game with not as many points. That's mm-hmm. my theory. Yeah. Hey, I'm still have him it. as a starter, still an RB2. I just have lowered expectations rather than have him be a top 10 guy. And are you reverse jinxing Cortland Sutton? Is that you? Who yeah, it's kind of the same him? thing. I mean, when I, again, I'm looking at guys that have played the Detroit Lions, right? Yeah. Cortland Sutton, 15 or more fantasy points in four of the last five. You love that. He's got 10 touchdowns on the season. The dude has been a touchdown machine with Russell Wilson. Here are the opposing team's wide receiver ones okay. against the Detroit Lions so ready last five weeks. Week 10, Keenan Allen, 40.5 fantasy points. Week 11, DJ Moore, 22.6 fantasy points. Week 12, <coughs> Christian Watson, 24.7 <laughs> fantasy points. Week 13, Chris Olave, 16.9. And then week 14, DJ Moore, 26.8. Mm-hmm. Chris Olave had the worst game, and it was 16.9 fantasy points as the wide receiver one. Taking on this Lions secondary, I think this is a really great spot for Cortland Sutton, who has found the end zone a bunch of times to be able to take advantage of this Lions secondary, who gives up almost as many fantasy points as any other team in the NFL this year. I like Cortland Sutton. I have him higher. I have him as wide receiver 21. Two. This feels like board bet territory, just for the record, but Mike, you go first. Yeah, I just want to add that, you know, you just listed off five receivers that see a lot of volume. Yeah. That is not the game uh, for Cortland Sutton. That's not what we've seen. He has scored exactly one touchdown in 10 of 13 games. It's been money in the bank every almost every week, but it's also not sustainable. Six and a half expected touchdowns. He is fifth among wide receivers in end zone targets. Actually matched a career high with another one last week as 13, but it's going to be hard for him to continue this going forward. Keep this in mind. Only four targets last week. He has seven or fewer in 11 of his 13 games. He's been outside or he is outside the top 30 receivers in targets, catches and yards, but second in touchdowns. That's fluky. That's like he's been the poster boy for touchdown regression of the mean the last two years or one of the poster boys because he's been so low it's going to be the opposite next year he's yeah. overcorrecting this year and you just wonder when the other shoe's going to drop and when he's is is he going to go four straight games with a touchdown that's what concerns me with Cortland Sutton um and that's why I have him 27th I still think he's a wide receiver three because of that limited volume he, he makes me nervous 27 21 I'm on the mic side here. Ooh. Split the difference you get to wide receiver 24 24 interested I'll take it interested uh, yeah. Same. Or, I mean, yeah. I'm because I'm on the low side. Yeah, sure. Okay. Go ahead, I say that Cortland Sutton is a top 24 wide receiver in week 15. I'll say Cortland Sutton is not a top 24 scoring fantasy receiver in week 15. Put it on the board. Just for the record, I'm also on the mic side. I didn't say it because I was afraid of us being out of sync and it coming across as awkward. And then we would have lost. Like he would have right. heard that bad and karma. then he would have... Correct. That's right. He would have definitely that's scored that. All right. That's Fun. smart. That's smart strategy right there. All right. Do, do we need to bother doing board bets anymore? I've been roasting you guys throughout the season. Right? I don't I mean, know about that. I don't know sure? about that either. I don't know about that. You I mean, sure I'm, that? I'm like one and oh in the last week. That's so. a good point. One hundred percent. Actually, they're actually being tallied. Uh, Dave, our producer. I think there's uh, if, if I'm losing, I think a few were missed. Like, I'll just say that now. Like, if we, we probably, they probably overlooked a few. You like know, Presley travels. Like I, I, th- I tried challenging a red zone question once this year because I was like, Oh, you did? I, I had made this joke. Uh, I made the Christian Watson, this was when he was still struggling. And I made like a Christian Watson air yards joke and then answered, like, Yes. Like, would he have, uh, like, the question was like, Would he have like 75 or uh, more receiving yards? And I was like, What, air yards? Yes. My answer is yes. My brain, I guess, went to air yards and he ended up with like, you know, 12 receiving yards, of course. And I was like, no, I told I totally had Christian <laughs> Watson under 75. Like, what are you talking about? And at that point, it was like one of my rare good weeks this year in red zone. So I think that um, I've learned my lesson. Don't ever bother challenging no. red zone questions. No, because you, you're yeah, probably challenging air yards. Yeah. You deserve that for making fun of air yards. God, the air funniest yards awesome. tweet went around about intended air yards yesterday. Our buddy, our buddy Ian Hartitz had a great tweet that got quote tweeted. It's just so funny. Like. 
these 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 stats that are relevant in some mm-hmm. ways, right? Like air yards do matter. They yeah. can portend certain right. things, but they can also at times be a little bit less uh, impactful when you have players like maybe a Marquez Valdez Scantling who might yeah. be high in mm-hmm. air yards or yards per route run or just yards actually run on each route and then not be very good fantasy football players. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to look at more than that. And no one is saying just follow, just look at air yards and that's it. End of the but here's a problem. Here's a problem. Is that on Twitter, even with the dumb ability to now tweet 10,000 characters at mm-hmm. once, I still think of Twitter. I've, I still view it as like, that's my bite-sized content, right? right. That's if mm-hmm. I want to go read thoughtful stuff, I go read mm-hmm. the, the playbook or I mm-hmm. go read, you know, props that pop or yes. you name it, right? If I'm looking for just like bite-sized content, like, oh, Samaj P. Ryan played 42% of the snaps mm-hmm. last week, and I need no context beyond that, I go to Twitter still, mm-hmm. right? And so when someone tweets about air yards, people just get mad mm-hmm. because they're like, you know, take your air yards and, you know, mm-hmm. and put that in your pipe and smoke it, man. I'm more concerned about targets or whatever. I'm you'll you'll be shocked touchdowns. to learn that I see those kind of responses all the time when yeah. I post stuff like that. Okay. So I'm like, that, that is yeah. shocking. I would have not guessed yeah, you'll that. Not, you'll I think we should that. go with less context now going forward. Just be just, like extremely yeah. oh, anti-context. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have to find every little thing yeah. when, you t- when you post something. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about some quarterbacks here coming up in a minute. But first, Field, we found out that we are actually late on Mike's salary. So we need to pay some bills here oh, real quick. Gosh. Sorry, Mike. Thanks. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Yes. Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to Geico.com. Catch all your favorite sports live with Vivid Seats. Your home for every tackle, slap shot, and buzzer beater. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase as the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with the code FFF. That's code FFF. Give this gift of Vivid Seats this holiday season. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Experience it live. All right, guys, let's dive into a handful of quarterback conversations. We'll start with the guys mm-hmm. we're most frustrated with, which is Josh. Hen- oh, no, Josh Allen doesn't make this list. Okay, well, let's talk about not, some other. You're not st- mad at him still, are Stop you? Stop it. Guys, are you? I can't. This still can't be a conversation. All right, let's do this. Really, I'll just do, I'll make this really quick. I'll make this very quick. It was very quick about Josh Allen. You, you know, okay. I, I just know if you've changed your mind on it. You haven't. I haven't changed my mind on Josh okay. Allen. No, I'm still frustrated on Josh Allen. Here's why. Phil, let's say that you show up, and I'll, I promise I'll be fast about this. Let's say you show up to a draft, okay. okay? You show up to a draft, and you get lucky. You get to leave that draft with a case that has $2 million, and it's the Josh Allen case, okay? Everyone else in your draft, the other 12 teams, they all get different cases. Okay. Patrick Mahomes' case only has $800,000 in it. Mike gets the Jalen Hurts case. That one has $1.6 million in it. Okay. Okay. So you get the case that has the most money in it because it's okay. the Josh Allen case. All right. You go home. You get in the car and you're like, Palmer, look at this, man. We got the Josh Allen case. How dope is this? And Palmer's like, that's amazing. Let me have it. So you give Palmer the case. Okay. Palmer opens it and is like, dad, this is so much money. Look at this. And she rolls down the window and she holds up a $100 bill and she throws it out the window. Uh-huh. And then she's like... Dad, this is really fun. And she takes another $100 bill. She throws it out the window. Okay. Are you allowed to be frustrated at Palmer that she's throwing a $100 bill out the window in spite of the fact that you have the case with the most amount of money in it because you're still throwing money out the window? Okay. Yes. All right. So, yes. Okay. Yes. You can be frustrated by that So, that part. part is I'm still ranking Josh Allen as a top three quarterback. I right. still have him as one of the best players, but the idea that he's just throwing away fantasy points right as a guy that's as good as he is is the part that's frustrating to me it doesn't mean that he's not one of the best okay but like if your daughter throws hundred dollar bills out the window when yeah. you know that she shouldn't then like you get the right to be a little bit frustrated fair enough okay so so here's where i think we may have like missed each other it might be like two ships passing in the night and not actually acknowledging each other is that you can simultaneously wish that josh was not throwing away points because of his turnovers while also acknowledging that like patrick mahomes who at the start of your analogy actually was a more expensive, more lucrative case would have been. Yeah. Yep. Is doing like way less than Josh Mm -hmm. Allen this year. I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, yes, I paid a premium on Josh Allen and he has turned the ball over a little bit, but he's still by far and away the highest scoring quarterback in fantasy this year. That's where I think we're missing. You're being being kinder than than me. I'm like, here's what I think you should do. I think you should, Give me Josh Allen. I think you yeah, should just right, right. Right, trade me. I'll take him. I mean, I'll take him off. I don't want you to be frustrated, man. Yeah. I, I care about your that. feelings. I appreciate that. I want you to give, I, I want to give you just someone, someone so, like a Jared Goff, just solid production. 
not going to turn it over that much. Just solid, like quarterback yeah. ten numbers, and I, I'll I, take Allen off your hands. I okay? think we do have a, a disconnect because I'm not saying I don't, I don't want Josh Allen. I'm I want just you to be hurt. That I would like him to I, not throw away fantasy. I get it. He's thrown an interception what nine straight games now. Yeah, has more that, turnovers uh, than anyone like, else in the, the NFL. I, I think the kids say this: like keep that same energy. I just want people that maybe feel the same as you do to keep that same energy for like. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar, who prior to last week had been very shaky. Or Christian right? McCaffrey. Like, I mean, Christian McCaffrey hasn't delivered 30 every week. I'm just saying. Yeah. So anyways, like we digress. Let's let's, uh, you know, I'm just I love you guys. Yeah. Let's have you. a, uh, let's, we, I think it is a worthwhile conversation about some of these quarterbacks that haven't been great because we do have a quarterback and this is particularly relevant this week because of the Herbert injury and because of the fact that there are quarterbacks in bad spots this week that yep. people are wondering, do I add Matthew Stafford and play him over insert the quarterback here? Let me just begin by establishing my baseline for Matthew Stafford. Uh, we talked about him yesterday. Mm-hmm. 23 points per game over his past three. Looked great. Uh, it just looked great. Playing really efficient, efficient football. This Rams offense is playing with incredible confidence. And keep in mind, who have they played over the past three weeks? Those two opponents in their last two games, the Browns and Ravens, yep. mm-hmm. right? It's not like the Rams are getting hot while roasting the Cardinals and whatever the worst defenses in the NFL are, right? They're playing really good mm-hmm. against really good competition. So against the Commanders, not so good. I like the Rams offense in general, and I think Matthew Stafford is a top eight quarterback play. Top eight. I'm at 12. Uh, one of the reasons for that is uh, lack of rushing. Of that, that's, yeah. that's one thing that's going to limit him if he doesn't deliver as a passer. Sure. The other thing is... Uh, Nine total touchdowns in his first nine games. He had nine total touchdowns in yep. his first nine games. He's 10 in his last three. Yeah, he's awesome. And in the first nine games of the year, he had zero games with 17 fantasy points. He now has three straight with 23. So, uh, you know, we've seen this before with these kind of streaming quarterbacks like Jordan Love being yeah. a great example of a guy that was delivering 20 point games, disappeared for two months, then had three straight 20 plus games and then disappeared again last week. So we've seen this before from streaming quarterbacks. Sure. I, I think he's playing well. We, we talked about it this Monday. Passing the eye test the last yes, few weeks. He looks really much. good. Uh, he's finding cups bounce back. He's finding Nakua. It's been going well. Um, but I just, it's like chasing touchdowns. We're just chasing these three straight, three plus touchdown games. Makes me a little bit nervous. I'm not quite as high as you, but they're playing Washington. As about as good as a matchup as you can get right now. So he's most certainly a streaming option this week. And if he was sitting there on waivers and you lost Herbert, something like that. He's a, great a, a good yeah. find for this week. Great streamer this week. I'm so it's almost like a name game then, right? It is. It is. I'm not quite as high as you, but I'm assuredly higher than Mike Clay on this one. I have him at 10. There you so go. It's very okay. clearly. Uh, if you look at this, though, field, honestly, I'm, we, we talked about this. Patrick Mahomes. He was difficult last week. He was difficult the week before. I don't remember the last time that he was a top, I don't know, five quarterback. Has he been a top five quarterback at all this year, Mike he Clay? Has. Uh, he has a couple he of games. Is, yeah, two better than seventh, but six in a row now of eighth or worse. Six yep. in a row yeah. outside the top eight. All right, so... We're at the point, if you're starting Patrick Mahomes, kind of feels a little name value based on the way that offense is playing. Would you play Matthew Stafford over Patrick Mahomes field in the first week of the fantasy playoffs? It's a conversation. I've got Patrick Mahomes three spots lower than Matthew Stafford. And obviously, Mike, and I know we'll point to like there is a bit of a rushing edge for Patrick Mahomes, but one carry last week, right? So this is not Mm -hmm. you're not. uh hunting on the Lamar Jackson rushing floor every single week, right? So um, most of I don't know about all, but I would think 90% of Patrick Mahomes rushing yards this year are off of non-designed runs, right? Um, So that is an element in play that Patrick Mahomes has that uh, Matthew Stafford does not have. But, you know, it's been a really, really, really tough season for this entire Chiefs offense. And whereas in prior years, and I'm not trying to take away from the brilliance of the best player on the planet, Patrick Mahomes, he could have other players do some of the work for him, right? You throw the ball to Tyreek Hill, let him go crazy and turn a 10-yard play into a 75-yard play. Right now, there is basically everything that Patrick Mahomes scores in fantasy, he has to earn, right? And of course, he's Patrick Mahomes. He could certainly throw for you know three touchdowns in any game against any opponent, but they're playing a very frisky Patriots defense right now. The Chiefs offense kind of stuck in neutral for much of this season. Uh, The difference makers in this offense are limited to essentially Travis Kelsey if Isaiah Pacheco is out. And while Kelsey is unbelievably awesome, I think one of the three greatest tight ends ever, I think we all would concede he's maybe been like one notch inferior this year to where he was in Mm -hmm. each of the past two seasons. So, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is an interesting conversation against Matthew Stafford this weekend. Yeah, I think it's a close call. I have Mahomes ahead. Uh, I do, you know, New England's been good against quarterbacks this season lately as well. This game's in New England. We'll see what weather looks like uh, this weekend. 
But I do wonder, like, I feel like this is the most turmoil the Chiefs have been in since Mahomes broke out, especially oh, after close. they both had, you know, him and Andy Reid had a lot of commentary after the game this past week. And I wonder if there's going to be another maybe a extra motivation to put up a big game, like maybe the best seat game of his career, you know, put up three, four touchdowns. You know, I that's not something I inject into my projections, but it's in the back of my mind. Okay, like there could fair. be a little well, that's added That's a very motivation. anti-Mike yeah. thing to mention. Well, again, yeah. I mean, I'm still ranking him, you know, ninth, but I feel like no, if no, I had him saying, on my team, I'd be like, you know what? I feel a little optimi- a little more optimistic this week that there could be a little extra juice. So two last things here is that, well, one I would say is like, I, I would hope they would have felt that after the Packers game, right? Because mm-hmm. they were very frustrated about that call that did not go their way. Um, two is... Even if you are a person who makes your own rankings and you have Matthew Stafford ahead of Patrick Mahomes, there's like the walk the plank moment. Like you have to actually at some point before 1 p.m., which is when the Patriots and Chiefs play on this Sunday, decide, okay, am I flipping Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. out and Matthew Stafford in? It takes stones. Now, I believe in fantasy you're not rewarded for like, you know, you, you don't win off sort of like, uh, what do they call in baseball? Manufacturing runs, right? Yep. You win by sometimes hitting grand slams. So True. it might be a grand slam opportunity here for Matthew Stafford in a great matchup. I'll tell you what, Field, what I did when I, because I was thinking about the exact same thing that you're talking about. I just covered up. <laughs> I went and I talked to Rosie about this. Yeah. I covered up like the box score so that all you saw in the player card was like, Rosie, let's look at the last three games for this player and who they're playing. And then look at the last three games for this player and who they're playing. Which one would you rather play right now? And I think given all the things, because, you know, Mike, I understand what you're saying about Patrick Mahomes wanting to come out and crush it. I think he's wanted to do that every single week this year. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a Patrick Mahomes thing. His wide receivers have been dropping balls left and right. He has not had the same kind of help that he needs. Mm-hmm. So for him to go out there and drop a major game, I don't think that that's on Patrick Mahomes. That's on all the guys around him to be able to pick up their, what yeah. they're doing. So when I look at just the box score, which is the hardest part to be like, take the names away from it. That's how I make the decision. All right. I'd rather have Matthew Stafford this week than Patrick Mahomes. Oh, you know, it's interesting. Mahomes finished what 17th in fantasy points last week. Where yeah. does he jump to? If that, if, uh, at that Kadarius Tony lines up a few inches backwards. It's got to be like eighth or yeah, something. So it, like, it would be, <laughs> I feel I a little differently about it. Such uh, a game of inches, right? It, um, it really is. And Keith that's is always the best of reminding me though, is that like there are 25 of those plays per the, week. 100%. That like, you know, Hey, where does he, where, where does whatever Jordan love wind up? If he mm-hmm. makes, you know, one extra pass here, you know, various mm-hmm. things there. So, but you're totally right. I mean, it was an awesome play. The rule of cool was certainly uh, defied uh, on Sunday afternoon. Although, I don't feel like relitigating that conversation. Right yeah, now, that's a lot to get into. Guys. That's a lot to get into. Let's talk about another quarterback, honestly, that has had some struggles recently. This one feels to me a little more cut and dry, right? Tua. I, yep. Tua Tungavailoa mm-hmm. taking on the Jets. Mike, when you look at Tua, would you rather have Tua or would you rather have Matthew Stafford against the Commanders? Um, Stafford, for sure. Uh, and it's not, I mean, first of all, let's talk about this really quick. Jets, second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and yards. Uh, the only quarterback to reach 20 against him was Josh Allen, the best in the business. Uh, Tua, Are you sure about that? He can best still be the best in the business, <laughs> and I can still be frustrated with okay, him. Fair enough. Uh, that's a, we need like a whole pod on that topic. Anyway, uh, to, uh, these teams played in week 12 to at 7.8 fantasy points. That was as few as this season, yep. and he's averaging 13, point game, or 13 points per game in his career against the New York Jets. All that's been out for the last couple of years. He doesn't help you out with his legs. And matchup aside, let's assume neutral matchup or even good matchup. Tua has not been good in fantasy at all for not two months now. Recently, his best weekly finish is ninth over his last seven games. That's so sure. his yeah. best case has been like a fringe QB one. So that's been a problem in really tough matchup. Tua should be on benches. Uh, and by the way, last thing to mention here, Tyree Kill is now day to day with that ankle injury. That's right. So uh, mm-hmm. Tyree Kill, of course, came back into the game on Monday night. But that's one to monitor. You never know whether the adrenaline can take over during the game and let you get back into it. Um, and I know that the Dolphins margin for error is dramatically reduced having mm-hmm. lost on Monday night, but you got to be smart with someone like Tyree kill. We'll see whether he is available on Sunday. If the Dolphins can't find a way to win, even without Tyree kill against a jets offense. And until last week had been really bad and they have bigger problems than, you know, a first seed versus a second seed in the AFC playoffs. Yeah. By the way, where, what side were you on, on the jets, uh, uh, the Jets red zone question. I was on no. You were on no? Yeah. I was on yeah. I was the only one on yes, I think. Wow. And at halftime, I, I 
we were texting we and I was like, forth, yeah. every yeah, well, possession in the first that's half other than yeah. the downs at the end of the half when yeah. they took a knee was a punt. It was brutal. Yeah. Unreal. They, the Jets were kind of moving it a little in the first half and I was, I had that question in the back of my mind yeah. thinking they were going to get it and they just Break kept through. like punting yeah. from like the 40 yeah. and the weather was bad. It felt like a loss. And then they just were the best team in the, the best offense in the league no, in the second half. It was unreal. Unreal. Hey, let's talk about Jordan Love. We mentioned him a little earlier in the show field. Obviously at the beginning of the season, three straight 20 fantasy point games. And then over the last four, he had three straight 20 point games coming into last week. Last week was kind of a dud against the Giants. Terrible. So now given all of that, right, everything we've seen from Jordan Love, the back and forth, how are you ranking him here in week 15 over Uh, Matthew Stafford? Or would you rather play Jordan Love? uh, I have Jordan Love one spot ahead of Matthew Stafford. And this one is where the matchup is comparably very good. Not Mm -hmm. quite as good, but Mm -hmm. very, very good. Uh, Jordan Love, I do think there was like some real progress during those uh, four games prior to this past Monday that I think is legitimate. And if he asked Christian Watson back, especially I feel Mm -hmm. good about that, even though I'm dubious that Christian Watson will play. And while he did not show it literally at all on Monday night, Jordan Love does have upside with his legs as well. He could rush for a touchdown Mm -hmm. in any given game as a really solid athlete. Yeah, still 10th in rushing yards among quarterbacks, 5th in passing touchdowns, same same stats as last week. Uh, and I'm with you at, at home against Tampa. They've yep. really struggled against quarterbacks. So I'm with you. This was, this was, by the way, his second lowest fantasy outing of the season last week. And his two lowest have come against the Giants and Raiders, weirdly enough. Yeah, so it's crazy. Uh, I'm going to go back to the well here. I do think he's still a streamer. So that, that's going to be the case from going forward. Not a, not a lineup lock, a streamer, and the matchup's good here at home. Yep. All right. We have one more quarterback. Geno Smith sat out last week against the 49ers because he did not want to play against a real defense. And he's back this <laughs> week because this is not a real defense that he's playing against the Philadelphia uh, wow. Eagles. Wow. Have I mean, given up a ton of fantasy points. I what mean, am I going to say? I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, been, unfortunately, yeah. when you look at Geno Smith, honestly, would you Geno, assuming that he's under center, we don't have Drew Locke. Would you rather take him against the Philadelphia Eagles in a great matchup or Matthew Stafford? Same question. Uh, I've got Stafford over Geno Smith here. Do you? I do. Yeah, because I am a little bit concerned that even if Gino does play the rushing upside that he has that Stafford does not is probably mitigated a bit by the injury. Right. I figure if he's banged up like he was this past week, that he's probably not going to be as likely to have any sort of designed runs, some scrambling for sure. And I know that he was great the last time that we saw him out there for a full game. He had been bad, though, for much of this season. Really was. Upside had been really, really tapped for Geno Smith. So I think that even in a good matchup, I have him just two spots behind Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a couple ahead. It's just matchup based, though. I mean, you're right. Geno's had a couple big games lately, but before that, it was really poor. Uh, 24th in points per game this season, but the Eagles are allowing 21.8 points per game. Yeah. uh, 29 passing touchdowns already. They've allowed to quarterbacks. So let me ask you this. Let me just just have one more nugget. Uh, Really high floor. 10 plus fantasy points allowed to every quarterback they have faced so far this season. At least 16.9 in 10 of 13, including three straight. So you're just getting a really high floor from your quarterback. And we know the ceiling's super high. So go ahead. You were talking about how the Chiefs facing some scrutiny right now. Maybe Mm -hmm. they pull it together. Your Eagles, I would say, Mm -hmm. probably have hit their own low point as well. Mm -hmm. Do you, and maybe this is like your ability to sort of see it, not just as an analyst, but as a fan of this team as well. Do you have any confidence that they can kind of sort of muster up some courage on Monday night and play better defense. I think so. They just played Dallas and the Niners to the best offenses in the NFL. Maybe the two best offenses yeah. in the NFL right now. So uh, there's that. Um, I did. I'm picking them to win. I okay. think they go into Seattle and bounce back. When I don't think they lose three in a row, but it's definitely in jeopardy. But I will say this again, something Daniel and I talked about Monday is uh, the Eagles watching them all season long felt like they were playing with fire and they were mm-hmm. playing to the level of their competition and they were just just hanging on like how did they beat the bills how did they beat the chief lost to the jets barely beat washington like they're not playing that well yeah. and they're getting they're sneaking away with some late game wins and late game heroics and it's kind of come to them the last two weeks i don't know how good they are. are they the fifth best team in the league are they a real contender to win the super bowl i'm not sure so i'm ner- i've been nervous about them for a while and now everyone's kind of seen that the last two weeks those who do they play concerns. next week uh, they have Giants, Cardinals, Giants okay. to finish so, out the season. So the schedule, so, yeah. I mean, the Giants now, I mean, I mean, this is they're but, formidable you know what, for once. But this, this is, this is the, f- the division crown is on the line on Sunday. On Monday, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Dallas has the bills. They actually, yeah. Dallas has a really tough schedule. It's they, actually yeah, the they do. bills and the dolphins mm-hmm. and the Ravens maybe. 
They've got a tough schedule down the stretch, but yeah, if uh, the, if the Eagles win on Monday night, you feel really good about their chances to go fourteen and three mm-hmm. and winning that division no outright. Mm-hmm. That was Mike Clay as emotional as I've ever seen. I know, him. It really was. Yeah. That's yeah. when I. I that's that's kind of you know I used to be a really really emotional Eagles fan growing up, yeah. going to the games a lot, watching them like that was all about the Eagles. Uh, but in this job, it's you have to be objective, right? That kind of you lose a lot of that fandom. It kind of I spend it on. For a while, it was the Flyers, NASCAR, whatever. It's not, but once the playoffs roll around, or when I can just hone in on an Eagles game on like a primetime game, that's where it starts to come out a little bit more. Mm, heck yeah, certainly, I save a lot of it for the playoffs. So. That's fair. And hey, it should be a very good one this week. Do you All right, let's do a show league. Or yeah, yeah I was going to say let's wrap up with a quick show league update here. Why did we ever let Trophy Smack into our fantasy no league? Well, because if uh, you want to get yourself a trophy, that's you why ten percent off with Focus Belt. You head uh, over to trophysmack.com. They have been so good. First place this year, Trophy Smack has been. They have been crushing it. I came in second this season. Well, no, that's me. Like, just like you're mad at, like I'm mad at online, right? You're my handle. Like, I'm your handle on this one. Exactly. So just so people are that's, clear. Oh, yeah. I'm just a secret like squirrel. Yes. He's my Mike. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, crush that. Metalcore Fantasy. JB Brubaker came in third. Love that. Stefania made the playoffs. Fields, you also made the playoffs. Despite going 5-13 and 13 in my last Eight matchups. Wow. Oh, my goodness. No start. Yeah. You and beat our, me by 0.2 points this past week. Our so researcher, Kevin line. Pulsifer, got in. Mike, I see that you're... There's a 12 next to your name? Oh, no, that's not me. Mike has one bad fantasy team literally in the history Look of his existence. Look how tight that was between it was. you and Eric. Se- like seven and... We like, I think I was ahead of Liz like last week. The amazing part is that <laughs> if, Mike, five if Mike had beat me this past weekend and I beat him by 0.2... Mike would have gotten two extra wins and catapulted all the way to eighth place. That'd have been crazy. So it's a narrow margin for error right there for Mike. So playoffs, let's go. I've got Stefania. That makes me nervous. Don't be facing Stefania. Trophy Smack has a bye. I have a bye. And then Metalcore Fantasy takes on Pulsifer. Yeah, the buy is nice, especially when I don't have quarterbacks. I was Ooh. able to just pick up both of them, and I'll figure it out next week. Let them earn mm-hmm. it this exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Matthew Stafford great and Jake to have Browning. no teams on a buy in real NFL games. Oh, so yeah, glad about that. That's right. Uh, so Nick Mullins or Easton Sticks, he plays better. Fire him up next week. You know what I love? So are we doing? You know what I love? Is, doing? Uh, everybody here knows how, how dedicated and how tapped, uh, how, how, how resourceful Adam Schefter is. Mm-hmm. Him and I spent a long time on the phone last night talking through quarterback options because in the War Room League, he's in the playoffs as well. He has Justin Herbert with no backup. Mm. I mean, it's I love his dedication to fantasy. Love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's great. Intense. Yeah, it's Mo- very uh, I think Mullins is going to be interesting. Remember, he Agreed. had some success with Kyle Shanahan and, and uh, Kevin O'Connell knows what he's doing. He's I had success up there. contractually no. obligated to say this. Nick Mullins has the second most passing yards by any quarterback in his first 16 starts in NFL history, trailing only Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, wow. yeah. Obvious one. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Nick Mullins can sling that thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. out there. Hey, I believe he might be. I think I had him in our dynasty league. Did I? Oh, did, did you I get, get him? him? Yeah. I don't know if I got him or not. I'll find out right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I did with- not get him. Someone. Oh, no, no. You know what? I think two non-playoff. In our dynasty league, two non-playoff teams added Easton Stick and Nick Mullins. And I was like, what? They spent like all of their fab. Are you kidding me? That's what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was an odd decision, but. That's me. Uh, uh, okay. I'm trying to add quarterback. Can't take that money with I have, you. I you lost uh, Watson and I lost Herbert. So it's it's Gino and Russell Wilson. That's so why I'm riding into the into Stop the it. playoffs. Wait, that's hilarious. Did you see how much Easton Sick went for? Someone went. One of them went for 97 out of 100. I think 97. Easton Sick went for 96 dollars yeah, to a non-playoff team. I don't get that one, but whoa! Hey, wow. Hey, is what it is. Late late in the year now, you don't really need your fab. So if you want a yeah. guy, spend it. Fair Fields, enough. you mentioned Adam Schefter and his dedication to fantasy. He's not the only guy. That is dedicated to fantasy. We had an entire league full of veterans yes, this year. Yes, awesome. That was super legit. Mm-hmm. We just want to give a big Many shout leagues. out to everybody that joined us and was a part of the Veterans League this year. It was so much fun. How is the playoffs working field? We're breaking this thing down where we've got a bunch of different fantasy leagues. And then what's happening here? So the top four... Three, four, four. Well, four. It's, a, it's a top four top from every four league, from excluding every league, us, yeah. excluding the people from the ESPN staff are in the playoffs. So you're going to see in a moment, we're going to roll the names of those that made the playoffs. So if you were in the top quarter of your 16 team league, congratulations, you have moved on to the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. going to be Scott Fishbowl style kind of tournament style here to get us through yep. the next three weeks. So continue to set your lineups and be prepared for somebody to achieve the first ever championship 
of the fantasy focus veterans league. Yeah, by Very the way, cool. I'd like to apologize to my league mates because only three of them got to get in because I made the playoffs. Uh, I took one of the playoff spots, so sorry. Playoffs? Play so, playoffs? So yeah. Playoffs? Now, my, my league, by the way, was awesome. So many trades, so much activity, oh, so much yeah. chatting. Awesome, awesome league. Everyone wants to get together and keep it going next year, the same group. So shout out to my league. It was it was great. And, yeah. Uh, we're going yeah. big next year, so we yeah, have we to work yeah, through some of the mechanics thing. there. But uh, if you thought this year was cool, wait till next year. Yep, it's gonna Heck be awesome. Yeah. It was very cool. All right, so stick around, and you can see the entire scroll of all the veterans that made the Fantasy Focus Veterans Playoff League. It was very fun for Field and Mike. My name is Daniel. We love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Field and I talking Thursday night football as preview well as our Week time. 15 preview Part One. We're already talking Week 15. It's, it's right Saturday on our doorstep. Games, three of them this week. I am yeah. pumped about it. Thanksgiving sleep. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so good. Uh, that that was great. That was slow. Slow-mo. Yeah, slow mo. There you go. That's my league at the top there. <laughs> Corona Mike. Corona Mike. Doc McStuffins. Dak be nimble. Dak be quick. Made a he nice comeback to get I like that one. That's my league right there. Wow. There you go. Oh, Phoenix. Today. There you go. There's prestige worldwide. 96 bucks here. on Easton's dick. Matthew Berry's first form. Can someone explain that to me? I love that. Uh, what else do we got here? Any good names? I'm looking for good names. Miss Wet Bandits. All right. Laporta Potty. Laporta Potty's pretty good. That's not too <laughs> I bad. Heard that one. That's, that's pretty uh, good. Hingle McCringleberry. That's always a classic. I am just laughing at these hurts flavors. I'll be one right. of the junk dogs. I don't understand that, but I'm in on Star Wars references. Mm-hmm. He's a NASCAR guy with a base to try a leg for fan for life. Charges are off to a terrible start, but that won't change his mind. Matching up all the cornerbacks Touchdown regression and weekly stats But if your team falls flat He's the one to blame He's a brainiac, brainiac on the case With projections that can put us in for